Hey guys, Bryce here from Flex Cortex. All content on the Flex Cortex podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes. It is not a substitution for medical advice from a qualified health professional. Thank you and enjoy the podcast. back to Flex Cortex for episode three. I'm joined by my co-host Bryce. Hey guys. Uh, last week we covered the first part of the initial consult. Uh, this included goal setting such as the needs goal time frame, establish short and long-term goals, finding the client's why, why are they wanting to get fit, lifestyle habits, so basic things like going for walks around the block, parking a little further from uh, the door, and going for a little stroll. Uh, also, some nutrition basics, such as covering the macro and micronutrients, different calories and calorie counting, including your total daily ex- energy expenditure needs, uh, and also food alternatives. So that was uh, our basic diets. Yeah, so for the importance of building a good foundation, I'm going to use the analogy of a house. If you're building a wooden foundation and you're expecting to build a house on that, the house is going to fall apart after some time. Um, versus doing it properly the first time and building a stone foundation. If you build that foundation properly, you're going to build that house and that house will be up for a long time. Theoretically, it shouldn't ever fall apart. So in the, the analogy, the foundation is your goal setting, lifestyle habits, and nutrition basics. And then the house itself is how you continue to do your fitness journey from there. Exactly. And that kind of ties in well with this episode. Uh, which is including, it's kind of still the foundation, which is covering the initial medical assessments and the fitness assessment, but we're starting the framing now. Um, Often you'll hear that you need to consult a primary care provider before starting a program, but what is your primary care provider actually looking for? I do want to note, I am not a primary healthcare provider, nor do I pretend to be one on any kind of Grey's Anatomy TV show or anything like that, but hey, I'm open. Give me me a call. Uh, I'll... uh, I'll act for you. Uh, but So this list is not exhaustive. Uh, I don't know exactly what details they're always looking for, but I have some ideas that I want to share with you. Um, some of the important ones are blood pressure uh, and your other vital signs. So blood pressure, your provider is going to be caring about uh, how high is your blood pressure. If you have a really high blood pressure and start a very... Um, exhaustive kind of uh, fitness journey that's going to be really pushing you to your limits. We're start going to start worrying about uh, heart attacks, strokes, uh, different things like that. So we really want to make sure that your blood pressure is well controlled or that you're starting a little bit easier, like easing into your workout program, like doing walking instead of going for your uh, marathon run. Um, so for actual uh, numbers, we're kind of starting to worry about pre-hypertension after 130 over 80. Um, and then we're not like super duper worried, but it's something that we really want to pay attention to and uh, keep close eye on just in case it starts creeping up or is consistently there. Uh, if you get over 140 over 90, then you have hypertension um, as long as it's consistent. Uh, if you have one or two values, it's worrying, but... Uh, we we all get like that depending on a stressful situation uh so just keep keep an eye on it especially if it's above 130 uh because we do worry about that stroke and that heart attack if it gets too high for too long absolutely uh other things 
yeah, like, I mean, and, and I, th- I think that's something you worry about as a personal trainer too, for people with really high blood pressure. Yeah, I uh, definitely would say that it's a necessity that somebody has their blood work done. And uh, like we talked about it last time, but the importance of having a medical assessment and screening done by a, pr- a primary healthcare provider before we even start, um, just to make sure that they are clear and good to go. Yeah, and that is another thing that they'll look for is your blood work. Um, and they'll kind of go through that. It's a pretty extensive uh, list, so we might go into detail that in the future. Uh, but for right now, it's just you get your blood work done. Um, they'll also check your reflexes, see how that's going for you. Um, and they'll also do a basic mobility test to see if you have any limitations, uh, which actually ties in well with your health history. Uh, where they'll also look for things like COPD, diabetes, heart disease, uh, asthma, uh, which could affect your uh, fitness activity uh, just because it uh, can affect your breathing in cases of COPD and asthma, uh, which we're going to be looking for to make sure that you can actually, you you breathe quite a bit when you uh, start to get into the more intensive exercise. So we just want to make sure that you're okay with that. I I breathe a lot. I don't know about you, but I breathe quite a bit. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I uh, I breathe quite a bit with that. Um, my uh, my mic's mic filter just fell, so uh, if you guys heard a sound there, that was that. Uh, that was that thump. Okay, yeah, we'll work through that. Yeah, we'll work through that. Yeah, work through it. Um, so we will also look at your family history. So, uh, if your grandma has diabetes, your mom or direct family has diabetes, we might be looking for that. If they have hypertension, we're looking for that. Uh, all these things are just making sure that uh, you won't have an adverse reaction to starting a program and what your program limitations will actually be. Just so uh, we're covering you on both fronts because we don't want a personal trainer who's a little overzealous or you being a little overzealous to start a program that is going to hurt you or be detriment to you. Another really important one that is often overlooked by uh, people and even some health professionals is it's something called your social determinants of health. So things like finances. Finances might actually affect your ability to do certain programming. Should you really be paying for a trainer at a certain point if you can't even afford to feed yourself well or you don't have a shelter? Things like that. These are things that your doctor can work with you for. Uh, some uh, health programs and some places in the world will actually offer uh, fitness vouchers uh, to actually help get you fit so that way you can afford it. Um, and yeah, that's kind of the basic medical uh, overview, really brief. Uh, it didn't sound brief, but it was brief. Uh, so yeah, let's uh, look into the fitness screening and assessment from you, Bryce. All right, so we're going to jump into the uh, PT assessment on my end. Um, This is all after the initial consult where we cover the uh, interviewing process. Um, The first thing we jump into is um, the emailed forms. So before the assessment, the physical assessment, I have the client fill out and complete all these forms. The uh, first one is to get active questionnaire. So this is a yes no questionnaire to ensure that they have medical clearance and are within my scope of practice to work with them. A uh, good thing to make note of is that if yes is answered on any of the questions, they are then required to get medical clearance from a fitness from a health professional. So in this um, regard, I'm talking about a primary health care provider. Um, 
after that, they're going to be doing a quick self-assessment of the current activity level um, down to the minutes, the hours, and the days of the current week. Um, a good note to put in here is that if their blood pressure is anything over 159 over 89 or 160 to 90, then they need medical clearance. Um, and if their resting heart rate is anything over 99 beats per minute, then they also need to get a doctor's note before continuing further with that. Uh, and just because you have a blood pressure or heart rate, resting heart rate that is above that, it doesn't mean that you're totally barred from doing fitness. But again, as I mentioned before, like we're really worried about the uh, effects that it can have. So just to make sure it's a really um, fitness light kind of program. So that's like basically just walking, stuff like that. Uh, really simple to start off until we can get that under control and you can start kind of amping up the fitness as you go along. Yeah, as you can see, the uh, healthcare fields work pretty closely here and it's really important to make sure that you're covering your bases in a sense on both ends, just to make sure that you are healthy and that you're not gonna experience any difficulties going forward with your programming. Yeah, exactly. So the next portion that I get clients to fill out and either send to me or take to me if I'm in doing in person, um, which not right now, <laughs> um, client information sheet. So that details previous injuries, their occupation, um, their medications that they're currently taking and their goals written down in a tangible sense. So that way they can actually have them down for accountability purposes and then some scheduling details too. So then that way I know when they're gonna be working out um, and when I could expect them to be done. Um, and then also just so I can talk to them if they're having issues with that. And then we can kind of work through that together. The next important thing is a consent form. Um, so this is really important for online especially, but also in person because there is an associated risk with just working out in general and the clients need to be aware of that. Exactly. And I will add that the um, health assessment with your doctor, they'll usually note uh, if your injuries or medications will pose any risks for the fitness. Uh, and so that way they'll make sure that you note that to your personal trainer or incorporate that into your programming if you're uh, doing it on your own. So just, uh, it's why it's so important uh, to both get a assessment from a health provider, but also uh, it's really kind of a benefit to get a personal trainer because they're also thinking of these things. So that way, if you're just coming off the street and don't know to get a health assessment, that you're actually going to go through that and uh, are actually cleared to and going to be generally okay to work out. Yeah. And uh, just to make another note, one thing that I do do with the medication sheet that I gather at the beginning or um, for the client info is I actually do research the medications and see if there are any kind of health implications with those. And uh, usually they are. <laughs> yeah, typically they are. Uh, it might not affect the workout program, but it is. Uh, there will usually be things to consider um, because there are a lot of side effects for certain medications. Yeah, yeah. So I, I like to definitely see if there's going to be any side effects that could um, affect the training. So then that way I'm not totally shocked if something happens, right? Like if, um, like if they end up being sick for some of the sessions or maybe they get pretty pukey or um, they get nauseous a lot, then it's good to know that that might just be a case of the medication and not that they're actually sick. Yeah, which can be important because, you know, uh, I've personally 
had it where I've gotten sick for from programming. Uh, but it, you would know wouldn't know that it's the programming and the programming's pushing me too hard. If say I had a medication, so it's it's important to take a full picture with the client. Yeah, yeah, it's very very important. Okay, okay. so uh, take us through some of the uh, basic fitness assessment screens that you would uh, do for your client. Sure. So these are some assessments that I've learned through college. Um, through CSEP and content and material that I'm continuing to learn being a part of the Prescript community. Um, one of the first assessments I'm going to be doing with a client is a stationary lunge or a front foot elevated split squat. Um, this can be done free or with a dowel. Um, you could do the f with a dowel, you could do contralateral. So what that means is you'd be doing the opposite arm would be holding the dowel versus doing it on the opposite leg. Um, you could do ipsilateral so you'd be holding the dowel on the same side as the same leg that you're working on um, contralateral is going to provide a little bit more support um, we can also do a bilateral dowel so pretty much that would just be them holding on to two um, if they are very very unstable um, this stationary lunge is a great assessment for their ankle mobility so testing the dorsiflexion their plantar flexion so their ability to keep their toes down and their heels down and assess any kind of inversion or eversion so whether their feet go in or their feet go out um, this is also going to be a good assessment for their hips so the internal and the external rotation of their hip through an active range and the active flexion and extension of the hip itself also looking at the knee and the flexion and extension of the knee joint too. So I, I'm having a hard time imagining, like what do you mean by dowel? Um, a good idea of like a dowel would be like a broomstick. So like a, a broomstick without the handle. Okay. Yeah. So, and then the, the client will just hold on to the broomstick, like the dowel? Yeah, the, or... brooms, the broomstick would be like, you'd have it straight up. So then that way part of it would be on the floor. Oh, okay, and then they, they can use that kind of as a support depending on uh, where their imbalances might be. Yeah, it's just to provide external stability. So then that way they can hold on to that. Um, also, when COVID wasn't such a big thing, you, you could also just use yourself as external support too. The client could just hold on to you. But um, with how things were before, um, I left Good Life. So I was at Good Life for a year and a half. But towards the end when lots of the COVID regulations were put in, we were forced to keep six feet. So I would just have to tell clients to hold on to a dowel. Okay. So instead of it being like you being the COVID stick, there is an actual COVID stick. <laughs> yeah. We actually, obviously with, yeah. with sanitized and stuff between clients, but still, yeah, we had a bunch of dowels that we obviously like clean between clients and stuff, but we had to just use yeah. those as a external support versus like I was saying before, um, you could use yourself or you could even use like a TRX as well. Okay. Yeah. Uh, w what would be the kind of um, drawbacks of like using like a ledge, the side of a ledge or something like that? Um, like their foot up on a ledge? Yeah. Or like even just like um, uh, using like a, a ballerina bar or something, you know, like the, uh, like a handrail. That's a better way to describe it. Um, one thing with those is that, they're like obviously a lot like a ballerina bar is obviously a lot larger um but if you're doing these kind of assessments i mean the whole point of doing assessments is to see how functional they are throughout your day um so i'm 
would imagine most people aren't going to be holding on to a ballerina bar when they're <laughs> um, doing like, yeah, like, like they, it's not there. Uh, I'm guessing like probably two with just like the assessment. So like, I'm talking about like um, the handrails, like you you know if you're like uh, even on like your staircase. Oh, at the sides, yeah, 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 they are like a, a side handbar. I'm I'm just not good at describing the yeah. the sidebars. Uh, yeah, um, I would say that the dowels are good because they still require some stability. Um, most people are still going to be kind of wobbly even with that. Um, if you hold something where you're completely stable and like if you're supported in that sense, they're fixed, right? So you're going to be a oh, lot okay. more stable and it's not challenging as much stability in that sense. See, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. I said stability a lot there, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you, you got to be stable. Uh, thank you. Uh, my brain would just wasn't uh, picking up on that. Yeah, I, I, when you asked um, ballerina bar, I definitely thought like the long bar that's like in front of you, and I was a little bit yeah, confused myself. Yeah. So um, yeah, you're like uh, like a, a balance like trapeze bar almost. Yeah, I was one. I was one yeah. a little bit there. Uh, but yeah, the, the next one is going to be the Thomas test. So this is a functional hip assessment. This test is to assess the hip flexors, um, specifically the psoas and the iliacus. Um, if you're going to start with the client laying flat on the ground, you're going to have make sure that their back is completely straight and that their legs are completely straight and that you have points of contact. And what they're going to do is they're going to start with pulling one knee to their chest. Um, I'm going to be looking for hip extension. So are they able to maintain hip extension with the leg that's out? Um, Pretty much what that means is are they able to keep their pelvis tucked and their back flat while also keeping their leg straight out? Or is their leg going to kick up a little bit? Um, one thing to look for too is does their toe point out and does their heel shoot in a bit? If that does, then that would indicate a tight psoas. Um, also, we're going to be looking at the relation of the knee to the hip on the leg that's out, like I mentioned before. And we're also going to be looking at the relation of the heel to the knee on the leg that's out. Um, this is going to be a good indication of their range. And if you look at a Tom, Thomas test from the side, it's like a deep hip flexion movement. So it would be simulating uh, like a really deep squat um, versus actually having to do a squat. Um, again, this is a good assessment for their functional hip. And then we're just going to be looking at the low back. So is the low back flat? is the low back going into something called lumbar extension, which is going to be caused from an anterior tilt. So that would just be that your rib would, your ribs would be poking, that your back would no longer be flat, and that your pelvis would be out of position. So those are all things that uh, you'd have to look for for the Thomas test. Okay, and my question here, do you know who Thomas is? Uh, no. I don't, but I can uh, I can find that out for you. <laughs> uh, not super important. Bless his soul. You know, bless, bless, bless his soul. Yeah, bless his might soul. Be, might be a might be a, a swole swole guy. He you might never be. Know. He might be, or he might be a runner. Because if you look at the, <laughs> the running mechanics too, right, it's very applicable. That's true. That is true. So uh, the next one is another hip assessment. It's going to be a ninety ninety, which I'm sure lots of people have heard of that one. Um, this is going to be a good way to test their internal rotation. One thing I'm going to be looking for, obviously we're going to be doing both sides. Um, one thing I'm going to be looking for from side to side is can the individual sit upright and unsupported? 
um, leaning can indicate lack of range, but one cool fact, or I guess it's, it's cool to me anyways, <laughs> is that um, if the client lacks internal rotation, that can actually translate to lower back pain. So if one client actually does lack range on one side, it's pretty common to have lower back pain on that side too. That's actually a cool fact. Yeah, that's a cool fact. So um, usually what most people don't realize is that the whole body is connected. So um, it's important to evaluate from a full standpoint, which is why we're doing a full body assessment here, right? So I, I can't get away with just like an arm assessment. No, we can't do like a bicep curl assessment, unfortunately. <laughs> well, there there goes my programming goals. <laughs> um, another cool note here, or an important note to make, is that if they do fail the Thomas test on one side, but not the 90-90, um, that it could possibly be a structural issue, um, just because it is very unlikely that they would pass the 90-90 on one side that they failed the Thomas test on. Okay, that is good to know. Um just for uh, ensuring like client stability and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, the next one we're going to jump into here is a gait assessment. So for those of you who are familiar with gait, those of you who aren't, gait is simply just our movement. Um, so one of the things I'm going to be doing in this assessment is I'm just going to have the client walk. Um, it might sound goofy, but um, being able to see how the client walks is a good indication of any kind of issues with how they walk because of repetition of that movement. Also, you stand on one leg a lot more than you would think, especially from transitioning from one leg to the other. So I'm going to also be implementing in some standing on one leg too, just to see how they are stable from side to side. Okay, very fair. We also use uh, gait pretty commonly in healthcare, but for uh, t different reasons, obviously. Uh, most, most of our uh, clients that we see, your patients that we see, uh, generally just can't walk, um, <laughs> especially in orthopedics and stuff like that. So, Yeah, it's just like such an important thing that we're going to have to do for a long time, right? So it's important to just address how they walk normally and kind of just go from there. I mean, it, obviously, these people have probably been walking for a long time, so it's kind of hard to reteach somebody how to walk properly. But it might be like a indicator for any kind of issues that they're having. Well, it's, it's funny because um, not because there, there's obviously more that physiotherapists do like a lot more, but like one of the biggest parts of the job, especially in hospital um, and even in rehab in the community is like it, walking. It's gate for a lot of people because um, it can mess up things like your back. It can mess up things. Um, it, it, it can cause a lot of body imbalances. Yeah. The, uh, the force from the ground shoots up, right? So it shoots up into your knees, into your hips, which can go to your back for sure. Yeah, and like like you said, knees, hips, affects it all. Yeah, surprisingly, you wouldn't be, you wouldn't think, but um, the kind of shoes you wear can play a large factor on that. Yeah, Doc, Doctor Scholl's actually uh, re real. Came, came in clutch. He was. You know, he was. Uh, yeah, he was onto something. Yeah. Because uh, that's a big thing, actually, for nurses, uh, literally nursing uh, we, with our shoes. Like, the big thing is you can't have a shoe that is unsupportive because since you're standing most of the day um, and walking around, like, your feet are killing you if you have bad shoes. Yeah, because you guys are walking for 12 hours, right? Yeah, uh, we, we get to sit sometimes, but it's it's usually pretty close. 
not with COVID, right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. Uh, full force. Yeah. So the uh, the next one we're going to go into here is called a palms up test. Um, this is going to be testing the active range of the shoulder. It's also a T-spine assessment. So um, T-spine is your thoracic spine. So that would entail um, your upper back region. Um, the pass would be any less than 120. Um, the expression, it expresses external rotation, sorry. Um, one thing I'm going to be looking for is I'm going to be watching the pinkies. I'm going to be watching um, the rib cage. So specifically watching the pinkies to see if the hand um, rotates in at all from the external position. Um, and then the rib cage to see if the client has to poke to get up to get more range. Um, can the client maintain flexion and external rotation of the glenohumeral joint with a neutral rib cage? So the glenohumeral joint would be the shoulder joint. Um, a cool fact for those of you who do any kind of strength training or lifting out there is that if you do lack external rotation in a mixed grip deadlift, so where you would go pronated and supinated on the hand that is supinated, if you lack external rotation, you can actually contribute to a bicep tear, which is another factor of the importance of having good external rotation. Yeah. And I think, uh, the palms up test is like probably one of the biggest, uh, indicators or points of evidence for just how important body connective connectivity is like the fact that you can do all of that assessment just from turning your palm up or down because all of the connections i don't know i find it amazing yeah it's it's a pretty cool assessment and i think it's uh like you said it's pretty amazing how much you can assess from simply having the client move their palms up right exactly so the uh, next one we're going to be jumping into here is, again, it's going to be another shoulder assessment mainly. Um, it is the wall angel test. So we're going to start off against a wall. We're going to have your heels and everything against the wall, your butt, your head, your hands, your rib cage, and your pelvis. Um, and then what we're going to be doing from there is we're going to actually have our arms up kind of at our shoulder height. We're going to be going up so our hands touch the wall, the back of our hands, and we're going to try to press up overhead. Um, we're going to look for any kind of compensation patterns, quote unquote. Um, so we're going to be looking for what happens to your forearms, what happens to your back, what happens to your rib cage if your rib cage pokes, what happens to your butt. Um, we're going to be looking for any kind of specific movement patterns that you do to make the movement easier for you, which would indicate a lack of range, which would be like a indicator light on the dashboard in a sense. Okay. Um, like, do you have to do that overhead test with weights or is it fine to just do it freehand? Um, this is just a freehand. So it's just to test their overhead mobility. Um, if a client fails this, then I don't have them doing any overhead pressing movements until they can get to this position unloaded. Okay. And what kind of, uh, I know this is getting a little bit more into the nitty gritty, but what kind of programming would you use for someone who can't do it? Um, I'd be looking at their pecs. Um, that cause of like internal rotation could be contributing to the fact that they can't get into the, an external rotation position. Um, I'll also be looking at their upper back and their T-spine. So I'd be looking at their rhomboids. Um, so like between the shoulder blades, like I said before, the pecs loosening everything up so that way they can actually get into that position. And kind of doing corrective exercises for those areas to get it to that point then, hey? Yeah, so the the whole point with somebody who's new is we're 
probably going to be taking a bit of a corrective exercise approach. So having movements more specific to fixing movement issues that I see. Um, but the whole point is to beginning them from corrective exercise to exercising correctly and being able to integrate these movements into a program without them really thinking about it. So in a sense, like hiding the vegetables with the spaghetti sauce, that's a Jordan Shallow quote right there. Um, <laughs> they, uh, if they can't see that you're actually doing like a T-spine rotation drill with them, with doing like a dumbbell row, then they won't be able to tell. But it beats having to always be doing it on like a foam roller. So the way that I see it is if your client can't move from corrective exercise to exercising correctly, then you're doing a bad job as a coach. Okay. Well, you will have a uh, good time with me uh, considering I did most of my uh, fitness learning from uh, home gyms at the age of 15 or 16. So uh, I think you might have some uh, corrective exercise uh, work cut out for you. And bodybuilding.com <laughs> yeah bodybuilding.com yeah. did not uh you know what i i always looked at the form videos so i feel like I'll, i'm kind of a pro you're a step above you're still a step above yeah i'd say you're still you're still going the right direction with that step above someone who has never ever <laughs> seen a form video at all yeah exactly yeah um for the next one it's going to be um a breathing drill I'm going to have the client on the ground. I'm going to have hand on the chest and hand on the stomach. Um, what I'm going to be looking for is which rises first when they inhale and which lowers first when they exhale. Um, when we could, without COVID, I could check for a lateral expansion so to see what, how they breathe from the side. Um, one couple of things I want to note with breathing is that um, you're sympathetic and you're parasympathetic. So when you inhale, it's more channeling your flight or, fight or flight. Um, your parasympathetic is more exhalation and relief in that sense. Did it? That is actually a fun fact. Yeah. So. Or it, good fact, I guess. Yeah, it's a good fact. I mean, it's important to see yeah. how the how the client breathes without even having any load, right? To see where they tend to breathe the most. So, um, breathing is also a great way to have the client relax too. Um, obviously, you probably know a lot about that when it comes to. Um, nursing and the healthcare field um, when it comes to breathing and relaxation too so meditation deep breathing oh so relaxing it's yeah. part of your it should be part of everyone's self-care yeah start meditating guys there you go find your inner yogi right is that the word <laughs> yeah is that the word yeah uh no idea um <laughs> uh, so the last one we're going to be talking about here is a torsion or anti-rotation assessment so um, what I do for this one is I have the client in a high plank um, and then we just do a high plank position and you hold that and then you do shoulder taps. So we're going to do a shoulder tap, hold that for probably about a second and then go back down to high plank and then we're going to try to shoulder tap on the opposite arm. Um, if the client is unable to do a shoulder tap, I will have them do a bird dog. Um, then I can still see their anti-rotation and give me a good... Uh, baseline of where we can start working with that very fair i i do like my uh doing the bird dog oh bird dog's uh bird dog's a good place to start for sure but yeah um, all right with with any of these movements i mean the whole point of having them is so i can build a structured plan based off of what i see in this initial assessment i mean when i'm going forward i i'm always receiving 
uh, videos from online clients or if I'm in person, I'm assessing as I go every session. I'm kind of looking for little things. I might mean my it might mean my counting's off, but um, my intentions are good, guys. Okay, <laughs> uh, because I'm trying to look Very for fair. about five things at one time. Um, but yeah, the uh, important thing from this is, again, it's it's to build a foundation from this point and see where we kind of have to go and areas of improvement versus uh, areas of weakness, right? So I always see it as an opportunity to grow in a sense. Well, exactly, and I think that's the. Uh, mentality you have to bring to uh, pretty much all facets of life like your exercise your learning um, even this podcast we're trying to take that uh, mentality of just you know trying to do better for each one uh, it's not always going to be perfect but uh, you know what it's it's all about the effort and the trying to get at least one percent better for uh, exercise your learning and again the podcast yeah, in, in a sense, I think you always want to have like that white belt mentality, thinking that you're always a beginner in a sense, and that's always going to keep you hungry to learn more. Exactly. Like there, uh, I, I don't believe there are true experts in the world um, in terms of, of course, there is people more informed than you that you can learn from. Uh, and obviously, like, uh, are really experts. But as an expert, you want to always learn more and get more depth in your field always expand that uh, bubble of human knowledge in a way. Yeah. I mean, like, especially for health and fitness, the industry itself is always growing and changing. So you kind of have to stay current and up to date with that to actually be successful in the industry. Exactly. And I, I don't think you get to the point of being an expert without that curiosity and that um, hunger almost for more knowledge and uh, expanding on it. Yeah, they say curiosity killed the cat, right? <laughs> exactly uh no cats were harmed in the making of this episode yeah hopefully hopefully it doesn't happen but yeah but yeah that's yeah. that's pretty much all i have for the assessment portion um after that i would take what we were able to accomplish in that assessment and then build them a program from that perfect uh so i think for uh just your guys' sake to better follow along with what these assessments are. We will post a video on our YouTube and Facebook uh, that goes through all these assessments. We are going to wait until Monday, February 8th, just because uh, restrictions are being eased that day. So that way um, we can actually do it in person just because over Zoom is definitely possible and something a lot of coaches will do. But it is always more ideal to be able to see it in person just because you get a lot more angles of uh, viewing and you can also work with the clients a little bit uh, easier, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's just it's just better for me to show specifically what I'm looking for and little things that would be like an indicator to me of issues versus just trying to do it over Zoom. It can be kind of tough to see the angles and then you would be having to constantly kind of move the camera and whatnot too. Well, exactly. Well, I think that's pretty much it for this episode. Uh, you can join us again on Saturday for a uh, another episode. I think that episode will cover kind of more programming and uh, what my program will look like, specifically more of a weight loss focused program. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think that's pretty much it on my end too. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.